Okay. Hey guys, you know the question that often comes at us is why don't ev- why doesn't everybody want to level up their training game? And, and it's a good question because if you know anything about Hazmat, you know that we give customized training programs and they're specifically designed to unlock your team's potential. I'll give you a great, I'll give you a great example. I'm currently creating a class Mm -hmm. for a, for a department and I had to call them to find out the exact equipment that they had so that that class could be custom to their equipment. Because why am I going to teach something that they don't even have to begin with? So there's your example of customization. Mm. You want the latest and greatest in technology in your classroom. We offer that. We're pairing with a whole bunch of different companies to bring actual real meters, actual real equipment into the classroom to give the greatest overall experience possible. Right. Our instructors are knowledgeable and they're masters at keeping everybody fully engaged. We only partner with the best. And so if you're looking to transform your team's capabilities, don't miss out on training with us. Head on over to the slash hire us and reserve your spot to start your transformational training experience today. Good morning, Good day, afternoon, sir. evening. It's twilight. It is. It is, tw- is it? Right. I don't know. I honestly haven't actually seen the outside today. So I'm not quite sure yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, could be. I don't know. Maybe we have uh, a couple of interesting things. Actually, tomorrow, as of this recording, I'm heading on out to the West Coast in San Diego to blow up some batteries. We are coordinating and getting things together right now. Uh, after I'm done with this show, I'm going to be packing to head out there and more to be follow up on that soon. Yep. There'll be some social media bumps yep. on that. And we've I'm sure. been asked to come in play at Gillette Stadium. Yes. I'm shaving. Am I shaving for that? What what is Gillette? Uh, I just trim it up. <laughs> I just no no the the whole knock the homeless look down a little, ah. a smidge. What is no dad? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we do have the next after action report, which is going to be the first wednesday of every month at least for right now but it seems like we're gonna have to ramp up a couple more because i don't think we're gonna do them fast enough i think one a month is not enough uh so the next one is going to be march 6 2024 1930 hours eastern standard time we're gonna have the uh fabled benevolent and um just off his modeling tour <laughs> phil mcardle um he this is a long format it is going to be free there is comments are on so come and bring some questions and stuff like that he's bringing i i talked to him this morning he's bringing a ton of pictures which i think is a fan favorite I like pictures right i like pictures i like crowns yeah. i like all those things <laughs> you know i'd love to see some audience members bring some pictures like if you've got something of phil mccardle you know that that you know it would be great to like surprise him with like a random mm. picture and be like explain what you're doing here like yeah it would what be is a, that is it yeah, be a great way to, to to break some chops yeah and uh conferences we have Wommer, wisconsin New England, we just we're in heavy negotiations with those guys, and also Omra, which is the Ontario one. Michigan Cold Zone, South Carolina, uh, Oklahoma, Oregon, I think, and definitely Baltimore. So lots of stuff popping up, and that's only until middle of June or so. Mm. So good stuff. So, but lots of good things happening. Lots of busy things happening. Uh, we're yeah. rocking and rolling. We're we still have. 
a few things where we're, we're kind of a little bite in our teeth because we have a couple projects that we were hoping would have been released, but we are making them better and better and better with every go around. So we will have more information with that in a couple of months. Uh, and uh, yep. and yeah, so today we're doing some mailbag stuff. Uh, we're going to start off. We have slated two questions. Uh, I don't know if we're going to okay. get to both questions. Uh, one of the questions was a question that somebody had asked Bob and another question was somebody that uh, asked me and we'll be very honest with you. We really didn't know the answer when they first asked, like not, not like a solid. And, and my question, I certainly, I, I was like, you're joking me, right? Like I've never heard of this stuff before. So we had to go and do some research and we were able to kind of give answers. So we're going to give some of those answers out. So the first question that we are going to go into was a question that was posed uh, to Bob. And it's a very interesting question. And when I first heard it, I was like, ah, it's it's semantics, right? It's kind of one of those like douchebag yeah. questions, like absorption, adsorption. Like there's a slight difference, but really uh, people don't, you know, talk the terms. And, you know, when we teach the classes, we talk about definitions like solid definitions, like what a flammable according to the DOT is, what a flammable according to NFPA is. So this question kind of got uh, us both scratching a little. Uh, it is what is the difference between a flammable gas and an explosive gas? Yes, there are. And I've heard this. I've heard this out there where people will. That, that's one of the things that I, I, I laugh about. Some people will throw um, space between terms to like increase their worth on scenes. But like, oh, no, there's a difference between oh, these yeah. two. It's like ah, it's semantic yes. kind of thing. Like I get. It. But this one, when you start thinking into it a little deeper, I do think there is a little light between these there two. There is. There's enough light between them that it would be like the difference between explosive and deflagration. Like yes, right. yeah, right. Those things have two different. Right. Like technically, numbers. you don't care once your head is gone, <clears throat> but there is a tremendous difference between the two. So let's yes. uh, let's get. Good. I, I I will. Sorry. So this is my. When I was asked this, and again, I always try to like, okay, I'm going to shoot from the hip as if I was on the scene and I'm going to make an argument to see if he'll be like, that's that's completely wrong. And if I'm if, if I don't even raise eyebrows, then maybe I'm on the right track, but I got to do mm -hmm. more research on it. That, that was the big point is that. The difference between an explosive gas and flammable gases, I think, again, and I is speed. Of the push of the of the wave okay. uh, of it. So I'm thinking that a flammable gas is going to heat the gas and that natural expansion of gas will push. Right. Out. As opposed to explosive gas, the timing is a lot like the, 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 the delta T is going to be a lot, a lot shorter. shorter. And the expansion is going to be a lot yeah, faster. So let's let's uh, understand, right, why things first explode and why things are flammable. Right. You have you have a couple of different things going on. We often teach, you know, that the chemical reaction in a flammability thing is driven by the ratio of oxygen to to whatever the fuel is. And yes, all that is true. You know, you have to be within the, the right ranges. But 
if we were to compare this to, say, a detonation event where you have a detonation and a def deflagration, what makes that def detonation event happen is that the chemical reaction between one fuel and oxygen and the adjacent fuel and oxygen happens extraordinarily quickly. So as a result of that, that delta time that mm. you were just talking about, you have a tr you have energy release. You, you have the total amount of energy being released is the same. And this was something that I learned in a high school chemistry class. And I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. The amount of energy released when you burn a candle is the same amount of energy that gets released with the same size, like the same amount of weight of C4 explosive. The only difference is the time the, that candle is going to burn at a very slow rate. So it releases its energy over an extraordinarily long period of time. Whereas C4, those reactions from one side to another propagate so quickly that it's as if all that energy is released at once. And since it can't go anywhere, it just expands. And that's where you have this giant kaboom and flammable gases. It mm. turns out that, yeah, you are 100 percent right in in your gut interpretation of what these things were. Yes, <laughs> it turns out that it has to do with the speed of the reaction, because both types require the right mix of oxygen in the air. Both are going to create heat and have a rapid pressure increase. But it really is the speed of the reaction and that speed of the reaction then comes into play with what you were saying which is the speed of the pressure wave coming out when i was in when i was just got into hazmat if you know me you know i'm not a sports guy so it was super bowl sunday and i was bored out of my mind because super bowl was on and everybody was upstairs in the kitchen so i decided to play with with making bottle rockets in the actual firehouse, right? Like, not like the fireworks, boom type of fireworks, but literally like right here, a Coke bottle that you drill a hole in one end, you fill it with mm -hmm. a rubbing alcohol, and then you cover it, you shake it, you put it down, and you put a match right to this end, which causes an ignition <clears throat> and a fire front starts to form. It's quick, but you can actually see the bottle go from one end to the other. I would say it's maybe a quarter of a second, but you could you can see that fire front run across. It expands in pressure inside, and that pressure pushes out of the bottle and sends the sucker flying through the firehouse. I did it yeah. a couple times. I was bored. And what does every firefighter think? Well, if that was good, a more flammable is going to be more better. So before I had a really good grasp of vapor pressure and, and displacement of vapors and stuff, I went, hmm, uh, acetone. Acetone is going to get me a better burn uh. because it evaporates quicker. Well, what I didn't realize was in the time it took me to pour some acetylene in, shake it and put it down, the vapor pressure was so high that it pushed all the oxygen out. When it did this, nothing ignited. All right. So, right. Smart idiot sitting there going, I have no oxygen in the bottle. That must be why this isn't going off. Squeeze it. Pull it nope. back. <laughs> I walked over to the medical oxygen in the rig. And I went ah. and I sprayed it into and I got the oxygen. Well, I put it on the table and I bring the match up to it and the thing just explodes. It doesn't burn. It doesn't. There's no fire front. The whole thing just literally detonates. It booms. <clears throat> so right there is a great example of an explosive 
gas, right? Because that acetylene at that point, the acetone at that point is explosive because of the speed of the detonation. I wasn't able to get the effect of a slow pressure build and then this thing taking off. It overpressurized the container so quickly that it blew apart. I lost hearing in my ear for two days. Everybody came running down to wonder what the hell happened. And, uh, and, and that is my, my bottle in the firehouse story. <laughs> ah, the hijinks. I miss it. I, I miss uh. it too. So, so yeah, we can, we can see this, uh, we can see this as, um, something that has the potential to hurt us more than flammable gases. If you've ever been to a propane release teaks, do you went to teaks, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when, do you remember yeah. when they did the, the massive liquid propane release in the field? Right. Oh, yeah. So you see this oh, yeah. massive cloud coming. It, it just floats and it floats and floats. And suddenly it reaches a source of ignition and you you watch the fire front happen. It's quick, but it's still a fire front. And there was no shock wave. If you did something like that with, say, you know, acetylene, um, not acetone, acetylene, and you built it up in a space and you ignited it, the whole thing would would detonate. So there is, in fact, a difference between explosive gas and flammable. Nice. So now to the topic of him. Yes. That guy. Which guy? Oh, Synthetic. yeah. Oh, the, the, you're, you're pointing Natural to the title. Gas. Yeah. All right. So this one got asked to me, or at least I think I responded on uh, on Facebook because we do. If you send us a question, we absolutely will do what we can to, to respond. Now, his question was more along the lines of this is what I got on my meter. We were going we were responding to synthetic natural gas. Why did my meters read this? So um, I remember when this came in, I was laying in bed and I was like, synthetic natural gas because it just came he just said SNG so I was like what the hell is SNG so I look it up and it's synthetic natural gas and uh I remember thinking what a freaking oxymoron like synthetic <laughs> natural like what is going on this doesn't make any sense I'm like this this can't be real so uh I, I went and I did some research and it turns out that holy crap yes you can take and you can create synthetic natural gas Since natural gas or methane that is not derived from drilling and and piping and things like that uh it is a fuel gas that can be produced from fossil sources uh it can also be used it can also be created from renewable energy and it has become increasingly popular because it is an alternative to conventional <coughs> conventional natural gas while meeting the energy demands and reducing in the environmental impact. It's interesting. I, I got to say, because the process to create it um, to, you know, if we separate it off, the gasification of carbon containing materials such as coal, biomass, waste, that process transforms solid feedstock into a gas through the partial oxidation at high temperatures. That's why this is not a natural thing. They're kind of making it. It's a process. It's a process. Yeah, it's a chemical like it's a, process. it's a chemical reaction. And the one that was happening in this person's area, they were taking carbon monoxide, hydrogen and a catalyst and slamming slamming right. them together and the resulting output was being pumped out so all right so the little that's a little backstory on SNG his question was we had a natural we had this SNG leak and our meters were just blowing up 
like our co was through the roof uh all of our uh all of our other electrochemical oh. sensors were going nuts and we don't get this on a natural gas leak. So his question was, what the hell? Now, not having a clue what synthetic natural gas is, but doing what I would have done as resource on a run, I went and learned exactly what we just talked about. And it made total 100% sense why his meters were going crazy. He was getting CO because the product that, that creates this you're not going to get 100% turnover, right? If you know anything about chemical reactions, if you've done anything in a lab, your yields are never 100%. So in this right. pipe... And some sometimes yields roll back and right, forth. Right, right. The, the arrow goes both ways. So, you know, right. depending on, you know, the, uh, the different pressures or temperatures or conditions that would favor one chemical reaction versus the other. So I was able to write back and be like, yes, I would 100% expect this because your hydrogen gives you massive cross sensitivities on all of your electrochemical carbon and monoxide. carbon monoxide as yeah. well. Right. You're going to get the carbon monoxide hit, but then <clears> your <throat> H2S, all your other electrochemical sensors are going to go out of whack because of your hydrogen. Um, you're going to get readings on your um, combustible gas indicator because we're making methane. So you would expect readings on your SNG, uh, not SNG, on your CGI. Uh, and you could even get readings on an IR. They didn't have an IR reading, but they could get them because I wonder, I wonder if there is any published LELs I'm sure it's not in the uh, NIOSH or anything like that, but I wonder how much data is published as far as the chemical and physical properties of it from a response well, standpoint. It, it's funny that you say that. So the the synthetic natural gas, it is natural gas, right? It is methane, right? Natural gas is mostly methane. So what they're doing in this chemical right. reaction is they are creating methane. So a methane molecule is going to act as a methane molecule, whether it's derived in a lab or whether it's pumped from, from the earth or whether it's created in a catalyst reaction. It doesn't know how it was born. And so therefore it is going to react as, as it normally would. Um, and so we, we can literally take very similar response measures for an SNG as we would for regular methane as far as detection. Uh, I think the one or two things that might concern me would be the levels of CO2. And I know that would be really hard to discern because we have got the hydrogen. So we don't know what part of that CO is going to be the hydrogen and what part is going to be the actual CO because both are existing in this mixture that's coming out of the pipe. All right, you confused me because you said CO2 uh, before, but CO, I think you meant I did. CO. I meant CO. I'm an idiot. Right. Okay. No, no, no. It's cool. I just want to make yeah, sure that carbon, I was like, wait. Carbon I, monoxide. 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 But yeah, the, the, you know what? That's because you said methane is the majority of natural gas. It's not the completion of natural gas. And so with this, I would assume that there is going to be some other side Hustles. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some butane is made. I mean, in regular natural gas, there is, is butane and propane that exist in small right. quantities. Um, so I would imagine you would have other types of 
of uh of possibilities so the only thing that i could think of is if like what do we know if it's hydrogen or co well then we come to the whole concept of now we break out a different technology and we see what we can gather so if i'm getting high levels of co i'm going to break out maybe a drager tube and see what that parts yes. per million is reading because then i could turn around and say okay 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 my meter is read and this is what i would do uh, like as a, a quick thing, I don't know how legit this maneuver would be, uh, but I think I would turn around and say, all right, I'm reading 100 parts per million on my on my uh, electrochemical sensor. I whip out my Drager tube. It's reading 50 parts per million of CO on my Drager tube, which means that I can account for 50 parts per million on my hydrogen, which may help give me an indication a rough indication granted uh you right. know because you do have to think well is there a, an exponential increase in hydrogen uh reactivity relative in the in the electrochemical sensor i can't really answer that on the fly um but at least it gives you an idea of like oh i'm dealing with mostly co so if i walk into a place that has a cng leak and i'm getting a lot of co i know that it's co versus oh man this is mostly hydrogen and it's going to react just as methane what it's going to go up and, and rise i really don't have to worry about right. evacuation or calling in medical or having people go to the hospital for high co oh, oh excuse me high co exposure <laughs> yeah but even even things like you know the your metal oxide sensor your mm -hmm. sniffer that i'm sure it would it, work for this because it's the final yes like you said it doesn't know where it was born from it's still doing the same thing and i wonder further would there be any calibration on the unit itself not talking about meters but like the stove the heating unit like you know how like when you Pro get a, a natural oh, yeah. gas propanes uh, a barbecue versus a propane and you got to change the yep. nozzles out because there's different mixture Made that mistake once i wonder if <laughs> I wonder I wonder if you have to change is it a totally different rig is it a totally different pressure setup um you know regulator setup coming into the house how is it delivered is it in a cylinder like a propane tank in the back of the house or are they this piping was it? piped it was running through a pipeline so it oh, seemed wow. like they were taking CNG and uh sorry not CNG SNG, SNG. and they were adding it to the existing infrastructure Supplementing. supplementing yes and so it if they're doing that it has to be so it close be. that nozzle switchover is not necessary yeah. yeah i would imagine that we could think of it just like just like methane right we have significant potential flammability and explosive risks now that we know the difference between the two um <laughs> and we're going to take all those same safety measures as we would for for methane i mean right for natural gas we know that natural gas has an lel uel of 5 and 15 right. with like a sweet spot right at that 10 percent mark so uh, as far as i can tell from my research it's doing almost the same thing it's those little byproducts though that are screwing up his meters i you know what i would bet this is something that me personally now that i i kind of know of it i'm like yeah that's not that, that big of a deal like um oh there's a name for the process and i can't remember it off the top of my head but it's the output of like gas cracking uh you get ammonia there is a there's a specific 
not the Haber, it might be the Haber process, where you output pure ammonia. Okay. And that's a natural byproduct of the cracking of fuels into the different distillates. I wonder if the juice is worth the squeeze on this one, where this is a natural byproduct. It's it, there's no heavy lifting. It's a nice easy one, or is this just like the, the you know the flavor of the day because all the environmentalists are out, and then next week when they go, thank God they're not in power anymore. We can go <laughs> back right. to doing it the right well, it way. Would, it would be no. interesting for those you know th- those um, industrial facilities that pump out CO. Uh, to be able to do that. And I wonder, you know, in the research I did, it was CO. I don't know if CO2, I mean, with two carbons, with with, um, with still a single carbon, if they could use that, because that would be an interesting, you know, uh, you know, pull that gas from the air, turn it into methane. And when I say that, when I say that, guys, there's uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because you you have to put a certain amount of energy into things to get bonds to break. And, you know, it's not just a haphazard thing when you're doing it for, you know, in the lab or doing it to like experiment. There's really no um, cost to it. We're doing it for the effect. But when you're doing it in an industry, every ounce or jewel of energy you put it in there is balanced against the sheet of like how much coin mm-hmm. can you make for that and if you're putting in more money than it's worth the only reason to do it is because you got legislation on your shoulders to say either you do it or you're going to go out of business so you're I like, have to right, right. Like, I'm going to take a loss but a- I have to ethanol, but once that's ethanol over was a, ethanol was a great example of that it ends up it takes more energy to make a gallon of ethanol than the ethanol can produce so in the long run ethanol didn't end up being an environmental advantage uh it turned out just to be a a massive lobby from a particular industry right and we we did a whole thing on that that's a what, what they're now using the ethanol for is the octane boost the fuel Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and again, we have a great nugget on that. If you're a specialist, you can hear it. But go back and listen to the octane, uh, the, the calculation of the octane that I did. And it was really interesting because it shows you how they use ethanol to kind of goose the system in order to do that. Um, but, yeah, the juice ain't worth a squeeze in some of this chemical processes because they're in business to make money. Yeah. 